Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a very, very good God. And we give you, Lord, all the glory and all the thanks and all the praise. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your word and all that you've done. Father, we give you the glory and the honor. Lord, I'm asking that you'd give us ears to hear your voice today. Lord, that you'd open our eyes. Lord, for those who don't know you, who don't yet have a connection with you, who haven't sought you to find you, God, I'm asking that you'd put such a hunger in their hearts, Lord, to seek you, to know you in a real and tangible way. And Lord, I thank you that you will reveal yourself to them. Lord, I'm asking as people watch, Lord, and hear this message, God, that their hearts would be stirred to seek you and find you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're revealing yourself to people. Lord, that the fish are jumping into the boat, that many are being saved and healed and delivered. Lord, we thank you that your word does not return to you void, but it accomplishes what you send it forth to do. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I wanted to start today just by reading you a little story um, from... Uh, memoirs of John G. Lake, who ministered at the turn of the century in South Africa and in Spokane, Washington. And um, I've always been so inspired. I read his Adventures in God. It's a little book for, for myself for a Christmas treat every year. I, I just, at the end of the year on my Christmas holidays, I always just read it again just to get encouraged because it's the testimonies of amazing miracles. And we love to, I love to feed on testimonies. I love to remind myself of the things that the Lord has done and stir myself up. This is a really interesting testimony. Um, I want to read it to you. It's a, a couple of stories here, but this first one here is, he was preaching in a church in South Africa when an American lady whose son lived in the state of Iowa was present in a weeknight service. Before the service had begun, she called me into the vestry and told me how she had just received a letter from her daughter-in-law, stating her husband, a college professor, had apparently passed into a decline. He appeared to be tubercular. He had to give up his position. He was in a condition of great weakness and he was nearing death. I returned to the audience room and as we were about to pray, I stepped to the end of the platform and asked the lady to hand me the letter. Taking it in my hands, I knelt to pray, just like we pray for our prayer requests here. I invited all present to join me in faith for the man's deliverance. My spirit seemed to ascend to God and I was lost to all consciousness of my environment. Presently, I stood in the home of the young man in Iowa, about 10,000 miles from Johannesburg. The man sat by a hard, coal heater with a little boy of about two years on his lap. I'll skip through, then he goes on and just describes some of the things that he was seeing in the room. He says, I stood behind his chair, laying my hands on his head and silently prayed to God to impart to him his healing virtue and make the man well, that he might bless the world and that his mother's heart might be comforted. In this case, there was no knowledge of my return beyond that in a moment I became aware that I was kneeling on my church platform had been uttering audible prayer and that the Spirit of God was resting deeply upon the people. Some six weeks later, word was received that the young man was quite well again. 
His recovery began on a certain date corresponding exactly with the date on which prayer was offered. Hallelujah. There's another story um, uh, similar to this where he received a prayer request about a lady that was in a mental asylum in Wales. He went to go to pray for her, knelt on the platform, began to pray. The spirit of prayer just came in the room and a deep intercession. And he became aware, he had a vision of himself walking into the place where she was, knocking on the big door, going in, laying hands on her, declaring healing in the name of Jesus. And several weeks later, when the snail mail came, praise the Lord for email these days, they found out at that that exact moment, she was completely restored to health, completely restored to her, um, her mind. And, you know, these stories might seem wild and out there, but they're very biblical. We serve a supernatural God. Do you remember the story of Elisha with his servant? And his servant went chasing off after the, um, the, the chariots because he thought, you should have accepted their offer to give you something. And when he came back, Elisha said to him, where, did, where have you been? He said, oh, nowhere. And, and Elisha says, didn't my heart go with you when you went and talked to him at the chariot? Similarly, Jesus when he met Nathaniel, he said, I saw you under the fig tree. You know, we serve a supernatural God who shares his secrets with us, hallelujah. I was reminded of this story about seven years ago when I was in Sydney and we were having a a healing meeting. God was moving with so much power. Uh, People were doing things they couldn't do before. There was demonstrations of tangible power of God as people were being miraculously healed. And so faith just came in the room so strongly that a couple got so excited, they interrupted the meeting and they came forward. But I could see in their eyes they were really desperate. And um, so I stopped and I went up to them and said, what's the matter? They said, can you please pray for our son? He's in hospital. And as I went to pray for them, I was reminded of this testimony. And so I went to pray for them. And as I did, I began to see a vision of myself walking into the hospital room, laying hands on their son and declaring the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, you are healed. Well, we found out the very next day that at that very moment, he was instantly healed. I was so excited, the pastor rang me, but I didn't know any of the details. This was seven years ago, until at the beginning of this year, I was on the Central Coast ministering, and this couple came up to me and they said, do you remember us? And I said, no. (laughs) They said, we were the couple, we came forward, we interrupted your meeting, and I said, oh, I remember. And I said, how's your son? They said, well, did you know that when you prayed for him, he had end stage Hodgkin's lymphoma. He had tumors all through his body. He was instantly healed and seven years later, he's still completely well. Hallelujah. You know, I wanted to share with you today a scripture out of John chapter four, if you've got your Bibles. 
I love the book of John. John who referred to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. That's an awesome way to see yourself, isn't it? Not as a sinner trying to do well, but as someone that is completely loved, forgiven, accepted, belongs, and is utterly loved, hallelujah. John, the disciple who Jesus loved. And um, it's a beautiful story, but I want to, I want to um, skip through to the end of chapter four. And it's the story here of a man from Capernaum. It says here in verse 46, Jesus entered the village of Cana of Galilee where he had transformed water into wine. And there was a governmental official in Capernaum who had a son who was very sick and dying. When he heard that Jesus had left Judea and was staying in Cana of Galilee, he decided to make the journey to Cana. When he found Jesus, he begged him, you must come with me to Capernaum to heal my son. So Jesus said to him, you never believe unless you see signs and wonders. Remembering, I'm sure, to himself that he'd just been in Samaria where the people had come and had all believed just hearing his words. But the man continued to plead, have you come to, to me, uh, have you, you have to come with me to Capernaum before my little boy dies. Then Jesus looked him in the eyes and said, go back home now, I promise you, your son will live and not die. The man believed in his heart the words of Jesus and set off for home. When he was still a distance from Capernaum, his servants met him on the road and told him the good news, your son is healed, he's alive. Overjoyed, the father asked his servants, when did my son begin to recover? Yesterday, they said, at one in the afternoon. All at once, his fever broke and now he's well. Then the father realized that it was at that very same hour that Jesus spoke the words to him, your son will live and not die. So from that day forward, the man and all his family and servants believed. This was Jesus' second extraordinary miracle in Galilee after coming from Judea. Hallelujah. Our wonderful, kind Jesus. You know what? Every person who came to Jesus asking for healing, everyone was healed, without exception. There isn't an instance in scripture where someone came to Jesus and said, please heal me, heal my son, heal my daughter, heal my servant, heal me. Every time someone came to him asking for a miracle, he manifested himself as the answer without fail, hallelujah. That's who Jesus is. He also told us these works will we do and greater works, hallelujah. That's very exciting. You know, I believe that the Lord is wanting to raise up a new normal. Hallelujah. But as I was thinking about this beautiful passage today, I was thinking about the power of the Word of God. It tells us in um, 
Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that the word of the Lord is living and active. It's alive. And so when God speaks, you know, he created the world with his words, and he said, light, be. His word's living and active. And every day we still have light. We still have day and night. His word accomplishes what it's sent forth to do. And so every word that scripture tells us that proceeds from his mouth is powerful and is living and is active. So when I think about that, I can realize that everything in the word of God, every promise that God speaks is living, it's alive, and it's active, it's powerful. So then when we send forth the word of the Lord, when we speak the word of the Lord, we're not just speaking words written on a page or a formula that we hope works, but we're actually engaging with the supernatural power of heaven and as part of the body of Christ, releasing the word of the Lord to see things happen. So we can, that means that there's no distance in prayer. You can send forth a word of healing, like we pray for prayer requests here, with a confidence that we're not just being nice and giving it a go, but that we're actually engaging in the supernatural power of God in the identity that we now have as those that have been crucified with him by his grace through faith, hallelujah, not of works, so we can't boast about that. We have been made new by the grace of God. He was wounded for our transgressions, our sin. He was bruised for our iniquity, that's our crookedness. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. It's just part of the atonement. Hallelujah. Now, because I've acknowledged that Jesus is my Savior, that I needed salvation, I needed forgiveness for my sin, because everyone sinned, hallelujah, and fallen short of the glory of God. So God, I can't make myself righteous enough to be joined to you, but you came, and you who knew no sin became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ. You came to take away everything that was crooked about me, he came to make the crooked places straight. Hooray. Give me a new heart. You came, you gave me a brand new heart. You took away everything about me that was ugly and crooked and you gave me a brand new heart, a new mind, a new motive, a new character. Hooray. Thank you, Jesus. Now you say, as you are, so am I in this world. You say that you have received me, joined me to yourself, and that now I am part of your body. And so are you if you have surrendered your life to Christ. You become part of the body of Christ. 
Light can have no fellowship with darkness, so he gave you his righteousness so that you'd be qualified to be joined with him. Hallelujah. In perfect partnership. Ha, ah, so wonderful. Knowing that truth, we now then get to be like him. As he is, so are we. When he speaks, his word is living and powerful. His word in our mouth now is also living and powerful. We know in the scripture, he says, whatever you say, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will obey you. When you know who you are, when you know that when you speak, you're not speaking as mere humans anymore, but you're speaking as the body of Christ, the Son of God, we have power with our words, amen? This is more exciting than you're reacting. Shabba. So for me, it takes on many levels when I think about his word being living and active and powerful. For me, whenever I'm being assailed with fears or doubts or worries, because the enemy tries that, he comes and, and, and I might start to feel afraid maybe afraid that I'm gonna get sick or something bad's gonna happen or maybe that which I'd really been hoping and believing for isn't gonna to come to pass. When I start to feel fear like that, I, I remind myself of his truth. And I, I go like the bride in Song of Songs. It says in Song of Songs chapter two, verse six, that his left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. I'm at rest in this love. Hmm. So as soon as I start to feel afraid, I immediately, in my sanctified imagination, I go right there. His left hand's under my head. His right hand's around me. He's holding me close. And then I think about the words that he's spoken. You're the healed of the Lord. By his stripes, you are healed. I remind myself, you said God, all your promises are yes and amen. You said you make all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. You said that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Happy thought. I'm at rest in this love. You said, and the Holy Spirit will jump in and join you and remind you of, this, of his words. You said that great will be the peace of my children. You said that uh, you will establish the work of my hands. Hallelujah. And as I take the word of God and by faith begin to remember from a place of rest, knowing that I am loved, I remember that those words are not just comforting, hopeful ideas, but they are living words that while I'm resting in his arms, are actively being powerfully at work for me. Hallelujah. And when I speak it out in my mouth, I'm coming into agreement with the will of heaven. That's why Jesus, when he said, uh, the disciples said, teach me how to pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father, so you remember who you belong to. 
who's looking after you, who is in heaven, seated above all principalities and powers. Hallowed be your name, your wonderful God. Your kingdom come. He told them to pray like this, to declare it. Your kingdom come. And when you say it, it's going forth as a powerful decree, as you're coming into to agreement with the will of heaven, as you're coming into agreement with the conversation going on in heaven. Jesus is continually at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us in perfect harmony with the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit intercedes through us in perfect agreement with the will of the Father. So they're in heaven having a conversation that I believe must look like decree. Hallelujah. And so we, as not orphans on the outside, but ones who have been joined so closely to him that we've become his body, start to engage in that conversation by making decrees. We who have been delegated authority on the earth bring the will of heaven into earth. That's why Jesus said, pray like this, your kingdom come. He didn't say, Father, please bring your kingdom. He said, I want you to pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, hallelujah. God is wanting us to begin behaving like sons and daughters of the Most High God who are seated with Him in heavenly places, at rest in His love, knowing, praise the Lord, I'm not an orphan begging God to do something He doesn't wanna do, but I am a child of the Most High God who has access to the promises of God, the Word of God that's living and active and powerful, hallelujah. And he's longing for us to begin to realize, this is how I fight my battles. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the Greek, that word through means positioned at rest. (sighs) I'm at rest in his love. He doesn't expect me to trust somebody I don't know. Perfect love casts out all fear. So you just start there, snuggle in. Just go to snuggle in and remember. You can use your sanctified imagination to put yourself in that position. God gave you an imagination, did you know that? It's not evil, it's not wicked. It's the truth. He says, you are, I've got my eternal arms underneath you, holding you up, hallelujah. And he wants you by faith to actively engage in the reality that he is your keeper. He is the one that's holding you, that he loves you. His love for you is unconditional and eternal, that his name is faithful, hallelujah. And when you start to engage with this one who he says, I am your protector, I am your keeper, I am your provider, I am your healer. As you engage with the reality of the person of God and you rest in that reality of his love, in that place you can start to send forth the word of God with a holy confidence that isn't intellectually hopeful, but that is something you know deep in your heart is your inheritance to be able to speak out. Hallelujah. 
I believe the Holy Spirit is so excited about the body of Christ on the earth right now. Because for the past 20 years or so, there's been such an outpouring of the revelation of the Father's heart that the body of Christ are beginning to believe that they are the beloved of the Lord. What can happen when you know that you can run into his arms without fear? What will happen when the body of Christ knows and believes that he is better than we feel? He's better than I feel like I deserve. Who will be the just who actually live every day by faith in the righteousness of God recognizing that they are not condemned, they're not guilty, not because of the track record they've had, but because they have exchanged their sin in faith for his righteousness and received the gift of righteousness as an unmerited blessing. Hallelujah. Those are the ones. The Bible says in 1 John chapter three, if my heart doesn't condemn me, I have confidence toward God. God has a whole army of believers that are about to rise up in holy confidence and whatever they ask. Hooray! Instead of a body that are like, well, let's just try and pray. Come on, let's just pray. We're gonna pray, I hope something happens. Instead of entering into um, Prayer as though it's something we're just gonna really have to fight for this and try to make it happen. They come with an attitude of, hmm. <laughs> this is good. Thank you, Lord. We're gonna send forth your word right now in the name of Jesus. And when we send it forth, as we pray it, as we decree it, we're not sending it forth scared and afraid, I hope this works. We're not gonna send forth the word of God as a magic formula that we're gonna give a go, but we send it forth from the place of knowing who our God is, knowing who he says we are, and sending it forth with the power that he has. What will our cities look like? When the body of Christ get a hold of this simple truth. I believe the earth has been groaning and waiting, longing for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. And the reason creation's been waiting for it is they've been waiting for us to wake up and use what has been given to us. Paul prayed that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, enlightening the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him, so that we would know the hope of our calling. Because in knowing him, we discover what we look like, because as he is now, by his great grace through faith, so are we in this world that we would know the hope of our calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What does that mean? It means you 
are his glorious inheritance in the earth. He wants you to know the value that you have. You're not just little people trying to survive. He wants you to wake up and remember who you actually are. And the greatness of the power toward us who behave, perform, praying fast enough, toward us who believe. Positioned at rest, his left hand under my head, his right hand holding me, I believe. You'll come from that place of resting in his love to a place of roaring with his power. Your eyes will become like his eyes with blaze, with fire, hallelujah. With a holy confidence that's not ashamed, that's not embarrassed, that's not intimidated, that's not afraid. <laughs> holy Spirit, come and enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of you, that we may know the hope of our calling, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. You know, if you don't know this God, he has done everything that needs to be done for you to be able to be joined to him. A lot of people believe in the existence of God, but it takes more than just believing in his existence. If you will acknowledge you are Jesus, you are the Son of God, you died and you rose again, I need your forgiveness, I need you to give me a new heart, a clean heart, and you say, help Lord, I give you my sin, I give you my heart, I give you my crookedness, come and give me a new heart, come and give me your mercy, he will come into your life, make you new on the inside and transform you, let you know that you are eternally saved and can be forever at rest in his love, walking in the same power that Jesus walked in when he was on the earth, amen? I wanna pray for some people tonight. We're gonna to pray as the Holy Spirit leads. You might need healing, whatever it is you need. But I believe the Holy Spirit is longing for you to respond to God and come to him in faith. Now it says here in, that, in the book of John that the man believed the words of Jesus. If you feel like you're struggling to believe the words of Jesus, it's not a word to beat you up about that. It's an encouragement to go and let him cradle your head, put his arm around you, and comfort you with his love until you come to the place where you have a holy confidence that every word that proceeds from his mouth will accomplish what it's sent forth to do. That applies to me, that applies to my circumstances, that applies to my situations, to my family, to my city, to my nation. Hallelujah. 
It's a swift acceleration that will happen when you start to learn what it looks like to rest in his arms, amen? If you're here today and you say, I wanna respond to the mercy of God, I I want to come into fellowship with him like that. Unless we respond to his mercy, we stay separated from him because God is love and true love is free. He doesn't force relationship on anybody. He gives us that option, but we have to make a deliberate choice to say, Lord, I need you as my savior. Come into my life. I want to acknowledge you as my Lord and my savior. And when you do, the Bible says his spirit will come on the inside of you and you will be born again. That is, you will become new on the inside. You'll you'll have eternal life. If you're here today and you say, yeah, I, I wanna do that, I wanna make that choice to cross the line and make a public declaration that yes, today I choose to make Jesus the Lord of my life, to surrender my life to him and have him come and be my Lord. I'd love you just to wave your hand at me and I wanna pray with you before we go on. Is there anyone here that says, yeah, that's me. I wanna pray for you. Just let me see your hand. If there's anyone here that says, I wanna respond to the mercy of God today. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.